Good day, this is Shane Hasty for InfoQ, and we're at the Agile 2017 conference with Dave West. Dave, you are the CEO and Chief Product Owner for Scrum.org. I am, yeah. I'm the Product Owner and CEO at Scrum.org. So you can imagine that sort of my... Uh, so Ken Schwaber and is, is, is my biggest stakeholder. You can imagine how that goes sometimes. That would be scary. <laughs> yes, sometimes it is. <laughs> when you're, what, it might be a podcast in uh, what to do when your stakeholders know more than you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the Agile 2017 conference. What is the state of Agile? What is the state of Agile? It's interesting. So I've been coming to this. We just talked about this. I've been coming to this conference Oh, gosh, over 10 years now. Um, the odd one I'd miss, obviously, because, you know, family or whatever. But generally, I've been coming uh, religiously uh, every year. And, uh, and it's interesting to see how it's changed. There's a core group of agile I don't know, just call them the, the sort of core group of agile evangelists that are still here. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you say it's about 40%, whatever. There's, you know, if you, and you see them, and you see them every conference, and you talk to them about stuff. And, yeah, and, there's, and they're definitely trying other things, a lot of design thinking, a lot of uh, lean UX, a lot of obviously lean startup, lots of coaching stuff, lot coaching stance, all this sort of stuff. Interesting. So that, that definitely continues to sort of grow and change. And then there's a group... I would describe it as um, uh, the, the, this is their first conference, new to Agile, and um, that I think is in, indicative of where Agile is. It's the late majority, mm-hmm. and these, organ- these people work in organizations that are perhaps not blessed with, um, they're, they're not risk takers, put it that mm-hmm. way. They, they don't, you know, they're, they're probably really good companies, and they've got a great legacy of success, but they're now saying, well, maybe we need to do agile yeah, and this, this agile thing's been around 20 years it might be worth, worth following some would argue that when it's 20 years you should be doing something else but let's not go there <laughs> anyway so they're you know they're getting in yeah i was using the music analogy they're they're getting into rock and roll man it's going to be big <laughs> and um, they haven't realized that it's come and gone but the um but so these this sort of late majority and and, it, and it's funny because the challenges that they have are, are um, they're, they're similar to the things that we had 10 15 years ago but but they're definitely more ingrained like the challenges of culture the challenges of you know they, they want to do agile but they don't want to change they they want to do agile but oh hang on we need to do annual budgeting and we don't want to do agile but we can't get anything wrong we want to do agile but we still need to have middle managers the pmo these sort of things and i'm not saying all those things are bad but but ultimately, they haven't got the desire to, or their the organizations don't have the desire to change. They're definitely dedicated followers of fashion, as it were, rather than anything else. So we're seeing, I think, a lot more of that. Saying that, though, I think that ultimately they will get it right at some point. So I'm very optimistic. I mean, there's a lot of pessimism in the world at the moment, whether it be socioeconomic or whether it's political. But I'm ultimately optimistic as these people, most of them are very smart, very you know they're good people they they will learn and hopefully over time they will you know be able to apply the principles correctly and persuade their organization to start changing so what does that change look like today i don't know i mean that so people always ask me you know what does an agile enterprise look like and and of course if i was uh, i'd say oh google or facebook or uber or Mm. those things Really, I think I think is I think when I look at agile enterprises, or if I was trying to classify it, and I'm not arrogant enough to think that I know what one is, but if I was going to have a go at a you know sort of like as a thought experiment, I'd say one number one thing is they all look different. 
<laughs> because their customers are different, because the markets they serve are different, because the problems that they're dealing with are different, because their people that comprise their organization are different. Uh, they come from different skills, they come from different experiences, they come from different you know, diversities. So ultimately, every single organization is different. And which is very complicated and sort of like the, the signal, the death of the MBA. I don't know. But, but um, so number one, they're different. Number two, that they are responsive to their market. So they sense and respond. So I think that's interesting, that they have the ability to deliver things fast, rapidly to market understand what that meant and then feed that back into a process of change and improvement um you know the whether it be the sense and respond organization or whether it's you know some sort of teal organization or whatever but it, it's fundamental to who they are and they're continuously learning so if they're sensing and responding if they're completely different they're also always learning and they appreciate that the asset the most important asset is the people Mm-hmm. And those people need to be invested in and supported. And management's job is to protect them, to get out of their way, really, mm-hmm. and to create an environment that makes them successful. Mm-hmm. And yes, they have support infrastructure like communities of practice or tribes or whatever the trendy term is for them. But, but ultimately, they, 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 it's about allowing these people to d- deliver on their potential mm-hmm. in support of their customer. Mm-hmm. And so I think that really is the kind of the characteristics of an enterprise that is agile. Now, whether most organizations are, I'd say no, Um, but there are parts of organizations that are. Mm-hmm. And each of those parts are slightly different and how they manage, you know, what the degrees that they are agile varies and the, and the, and the, and the boundaries, the constraints that they work in vary. But, but ultimately, we see that in most organizations. And maybe the title is digital. Maybe the title is e-business. Well, not very often nowadays. Maybe it's innovation. But, you know, we, we start seeing more of those. So to go back to that original question, the organizations that we're seeing here trying to work out how to create those spaces in their own organizations to be more agile. Mm-hmm. And that might be driven by people, it might be driven by the management getting out of the way, it might be driven by lots of things. Mm-hmm. So where does business agility fit into this? I think that's, that's a big buzzword today. Uh, yeah, uh, and <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to somebody earlier, Shane, and, and uh, she said... Uh, do they, people just keep reinventing new words? Is that how we keep this business vibrant? Because it seems to be the same old problems. I mean, ultimately, it ain't that complicated. you got a bunch of customers that are, that are unpredictable, that have problems that, we, that, that they don't even know they have. So we have to do things to them in a different way. We have to deliver working software or experiments, hypotheses to them to get feedback rapidly, to learn so that we can adapt. Some, t- some of those experiments will fail, meaning the customer will go, oh, that's awful. Some, but, but ultimately, they don't fail because you learn something from them, right? Now, that, so that's what business agility is. Whether you call it sense and respond, whether you call it the agile enterprise, whether you call it digital, whether you call it being a software company, all of those things a way you respond. Now, it's funny because they, people always say, well, Uber, um, uh, Airbnb, um, Amazon, why were they successful? It wasn't because of the technology. It was because they, they served customers better than traditional business models did. Taxes, you can get a taxi from your phone. You don't have to worry about having cash on you. And you don't have to explain to the taxi driver how to get to the place that you're doing, even though the taxi driver doesn't speak English, you know, or whatever language you're talking to them in. You know, ultimately, you can just type it in, job done. You can also provide rapid 
good feedback on that taxi driver, which doesn't actually stop you from selecting them, but allows them to then prune. The taxi. That kind of service, the cars are cleaner, they smell nice, you know, you get a bottle of water when you get in. Now, what, what, what an agile business agility is all about is building enterprises that are aligned to customers and aligned to those customer needs and can respond to the market to understand those customers better. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think business agility is. And whether it's a combination of design thinking, um, lean UX plus lean startup and scrum mm-hmm. or, or some sort of agile approach, that, that's, you know, maybe that's the best thing. But it's also XP. It's also it's all the things that you need to deliver that, to that value to that customer. So talking about delivering value to customers, who's Scrum.org's customer and what is the value that Scrum.org is providing today? Yeah, we, we spend a lot of time thinking about customers because obviously most businesses, Scrum.org is not original here, have evolved rather than been designed. They respond to the environment and respond. You know, uh, Ken Schwaber created three, three businesses that are sort of famous. Um, uh, Agile Alliance, which of course run this conference, uh, he created it in a certain way that focused on a certain set of problems and a certain set of customers and realized that wasn't what he wanted to do, then took that and build a, a different business model, which was Scrum Alliance. Alliance was the key. He got fed up with the word alliance, but like the word Scrum, and then created Scrum, Scrum.org. And um, uh, Scrum.org has a very simple value proposition. We have a series of trainers all around the world, professional Scrum trainers, some of which you know, Shane, very well in, in New Zealand and, and all around the world, people that you work with, they're about 200. They're licensed. There's a very strong community around those. Uh, then there's the consistent training they deliver, which we, is maintained using an internal sort of um, GitHub kind of model, uh, collaborative courseware development, we call it, you know. But Ken ultimately reviews every change that we make to make sure that it's true to the sort of essence of who we are. And then there's the certifications and assessments that are decoupled from the training, though you get uh, access to take a, t- a test when you do the t- training. Uh, and, you know, people are taking them to prove that they, they know Scrum can talk the, the talk. So that's who, that's the products that we sell today. The question is you asked, which I thought was a very interesting interesting one is who's our customer um so professional scrum trainers or people that could potentially train or coach people in being more agile i i think we've got a very strong group of these coaches and that's one of our key customers the people they serve is also a key customer what's interesting is it's a continuum they're on one extreme of a learning journey and there's people that are on a lot earlier in that journey. And what we do, don't do, our, our engagement is a bit lumpy mm-hmm. at the moment. What we need to do is smooth that out, to have a more continuous, even though, yeah, we, you know, over 4 million people come to our website and, you know, our forums are ridiculously active, in, you know, including some of the most bizarre questions you can possibly imagine, sometimes about rugby, and you think, you really didn't read the other questions. But the, um, (laughs) fair enough, you know, and always somebody answers them, it's great. But the point is that, you know, I think we need to smooth out that journey. And I think organizations have a responsibility to do that within their own communities, to sort of help, you know, mentor, coach, develop, you know, yes, we have very good training classes today, and, and, and I stand by those training classes and a great group of people delivering it. But I think I want, I'd like to smooth that journey out because our customer, our customer is the professional product developer, I think. That's how I describe it. Mm-hmm. People that are trying to help customers deliver value in some way, delivering value to those customers, to help those customers. And uh, if we can help those people, those practitioners, to become more professional then we can help the world get better because, as we all know, software is everywhere. Mm. You know, whether it 
be solving cancer or putting people on the you know Mars or or creating a hyperloop at the moment, which Elon Musk is is doing, which is very exciting. Um, you know, software drives all of these these businesses. So if we can help them become more professional, help them deliver more value, reduce the waste, focus in the most effective way, and and also have a very meaningful journey in their career. Uh, then I, I think that's what Scrum.org's in the business of, and that's what we're trying to do. Now, of course, we, like any organization, will have aborted attempts to do it and get things wrong along the way, but, but, but ultimately, those people, those professionals, are what we are aspiring to help. What's next? Cool. What's beyond Agile? Is there something beyond Agile? Is there something beyond Scrum? I was sitting down with uh, Ken Schwaber the other day for breakfast. We, he, like, we like to meet for breakfast. And we were sitting, we were just, you know, chewing the... Well, he was having his bacon and, and I was drinking my coffee. And, and we were just chewing the, you know, the usual and uh, chatting. Uh, uh, sort of reminded me of fishwives talking. But anyway, we'll, uh, we were chatting. And he, sa- uh, and he said, what's after Scrum? And I've never heard him say that before. I said, do you think scrum, Scrum's enough? You know, they're just at the moment, he and Jeff are refreshing the Scrum Guide. And they, the, the changes are very, very minor. They're more clarification. and the, It's like how people interpret it because, of course, it's been around for 21 years and things change. So he was very much concentrating on, and him and Jeff are concentrating on sort of improving, improving that. And he goes, yeah, what's the future? And so we talked a little bit about that. And, you know, what, what millennials? So recently we've been doing some interesting work with a charity in, in, in Boston called Year Up. Year Up is a, an organization that helps people that are a little bit less fortunate than, than all of us, that finished co- uh, high school and can't either afford to go to college or they can't kind of get a job there. Mm-hmm. No, they're not quite ready. Mm-hmm. And so they provide a year of a curriculum, mm-hmm. you know, some, some training, some professional training, like a room full of suits and mm-hmm. what do you do in an interview and how do you send a CV and, mm-hmm. you know, all this kind of stuff. Anyway, so we, we run training classes for them to, as part of the curriculum for their, uh, for their IT kind of curriculum, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I would recommend, by the way, if anybody ever needs to get re-energized about Agile and Scrum and, and anything, really. Go and spend two days with a pe- group of people between 18 and 22, 23. And it will just change your life. And we ran one of these classes recently in Boston. And these kids have had a hard time. They make you really go home and hug your kids, by the way. But, um, and, and also just shows you how crazy the world is. But we'll, we'll ignore that. Anyway, so we, uh, we were talking to them. And uh, it was so interesting. We... We normally talk about, you know, waterfall versus scrum and all that, you know, like the usual sort of crap that you talk about. And uh, they're like, why would anybody work in this way? This is the most natural way to work. You can help us, yeah. But, yeah, this is a great way. Look, Oh, look, so you're, we're always reviewing stuff, right? Hey, the daily is an opportunity for the team to come together and talk about how we can better work together. Well, yeah, they kind of get it. Mm. And now they were, and 15 minutes is perfect for them, by the way. Anything longer gets a bit challenging. But the 15-minute daily works brilliantly. The idea of a sprint review, the idea of sprint planning, the idea of a time box, all these things are more natural to them. So to come back to, you know, what's the future? Is, is, the, is there a next thing from Scrum? I don't, I don't know. But what I do know is that millennials and the next generation, Generation Z or whatever they're called, seem to be more 
capable of dealing in this way than we ever were. I mean, I hate to say it, but I've you know, got a few gray hairs, not on my head, unfortunately. And uh, you know, you've been around the block a few times, Shay. The, the, the point is that we've always been sort of wrestling with an organization and people that, that have been brought up in a very different way. And, and I think the future is, is with a different group of people now. How do they work together? Is it more... Uh, remote? Is it more disrupted? Is it more? Is it using different kinds of technology? Are they more comfortable collaborating in things like Slack? And that's I don't know. And I hope, and I, well, actually I know that Scrum will adapt to support those kinds of ways of working as long as they stay true and as long as the problem of the the sort of underlying principles of inspection and adaption through transparency stay true. Because that's all Scrum is. It's a framework for making that front and center uh, and allowing you to, to respond to the environment. So I think they, they stay true. And I think I'm hoping that, that um, they might work in different ways, but ultimately Scrum stays rallied. So I don't. So the bottom line is, after that long rambling diatribe, I think Agile is still very relevant. I don't think there's the need for an Agile 2.0. I do think there's a need to talk about it in different ways and present it in different ways. Like you heard Dave Marquis talking this morning about turn your ship around. He used to command a nuclear-powered submarine, which is very, going to bloody hell, carrying nuclear weapons around on a daily basis is a little scary, I think. But um, what's interesting is how he talks about Scrum or Agile is very different to the way I or you talk about it. That I think the future of Agile is about communicating it in different ways to make it relevant to different people to solve their problem. But ultimately, I don't think it's going to change that much. I just think it's how we talk about it. I guess my last thing is Agile, uh, it's good to come here. It's good to come to Agile, uh, whatever, 2017, here in Orlando. Not sure about Orlando in August, but but the it, it kind of re- reminds you that you, why we're doing this. That's 60% of those people that are starting their journey, and they need to be. We often forget them, and they, we need to communicate to them effectively and tell them and, and 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 infuse them and help them to go through this journey. And the other 40% or 30, 40% that have done it many times before and been to this conference. It's great getting those people and these other people together, and and from it, you know, amazing things can happen. Dave, thanks very much. As always, great to talk to you. It's always a pleasure, mate.